When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. I have a very exciting guest for you today and... Are you ready to make more money than you know what to do with? Well, I have an answer for you because my guest today is Amanda Francis and she's money queen. Amanda is a world-renowned thought leader on financial empowerment for women. A true self-made woman, while putting herself through school, Amanda taught herself how to build a website and 10 years later, Amanda is an eight-figure global brand. She credits her success to sheer determination, deep desire to serve others, and unwavering belief in her dreams. She has written for Forbes, Business Insider, and Success. So in today's episode, Amanda is sharing her secret on how she became a self-made millionaire. She's also sharing so much great information as far as how to release attachments to launch his perfection and struggle, how to make more money than you know what to do with, philosophies around money, how to get a next level with the income, how to release a fear of making big money, how to make yourself to believe in unrealistic dreams, does it have to be hard to make large sum of money, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I really like your title. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being my guest. And I okay. love everything you do. You're very inspiring. And I read your book. So we would love to learn more about you. So would you please tell our listeners about yourself, your career? How did you become self-made millionaire? Uh, yeah, so a little about me. I'm from a small town in Oklahoma. I, during the middle of grad school, I was, I was bored. I was walk, working a lot of different jobs that I felt like weren't getting me much of anywhere. I was, you know, waiting to finish this degree. And I was like, I have to do something. Like my goal is to figure out how to make money and help people. Like I want both, not necessarily make money helping people, but make money and help people. Like those were two value systems that I needed to figure out how to combine. And so I started a life coaching business when that went 
really well. I started helping other people start life coaching businesses, which accidentally made me a business coach. When there were more people who wanted my help than there were time to help in a day, I created a digital course. And now a decade later, I own an online education empire serving clients in 88 countries and it's a multi-million dollar brand. And I wrote a book that came out in the past year and yeah. This is incredible. And how many years did it take you? And when did you realize like I've made it? I'm self-made millionaire. Um, I started my business in 2011 and I became a millionaire in 2017. So definitely not overnight. Um, the, fir- the first year I made $0. The second year I made like $600. The third year I made like $10,000. But the fourth year I made 50. And the fifth year I made 171. And the sixth year I made 500. You know, wait, did I say that right? The fifth year, the sixth year. And then the what I think was the sixth year, right? 2017, I made 1.5 And it's just gone up from there. We made over 5 million last year. Your book... I read it like I read it so fast on my way to actually when I was flying and it was I couldn't stop reading it because it was just very inspiring and your concept in the book and the way you explain everything is just makes so much sense and changes your perspective so much it like it helped me realize many things but what inspired you to write it? Um, You know, I've always felt like it was my job to make content as accessible as possible to people. You know, like I have a lot of free content. I have a, I have many, many low cost offers and I just want to be accessible. I want to, I want to be in the hands of everyone who needs my work, needs my help. And the thing about a book is a lot of people will buy a book who wouldn't necessarily buy a digital course. You know what I mean? So I felt like there was this opportunity to to reach more people at a very, in a very low cost way, you know, like the ebooks only $5.99 that is so accessible. So I felt if I put all of the information on how to transform your relationship with money and create a positive flowing experience with money and just revolutionize the whole financial experience of your life. Like I felt like if I could get that into a book, the people who were meant to take next steps and go deeper with me could end up in one of my digital digital courses or something, but like like they didn't have to, for some people, the book would be enough, would be wildly transformational. And that, you know, that's like very rewarding to me and my, my work and purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very clever how you did it, the course and the book, and you actually kind of catered to the audiences, different audiences, and made it accessible for them to learn all the new resources that will actually help them. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing online education for so many years. So book a book was a whole new world. I didn't really know how it would fit into my business model, you know, and fit into my, how I do things. But I mean, it, it hasn't taken away anything. I mean, if anything, all the people who had already done my courses were excited to read the book as like, you know, a different, how do I say this? Cause it's not, it's not different principles. Like I teach what I teach, but it's like, it's positioned so differently and written so differently. And the way I can include details was different. And I made sure to give different examples. 
So long time people have loved the book and brand new people get to find me through the book. And then maybe they enjoy my YouTube or my podcast or maybe a course. But I mean, I do feel like it's helped me grow my brand and that is my job, you know? Yeah, for sure. How do you make money more than you know what to do with? Well, you read the book. You tell me, how do you make more money than you know what to do with? I I already know the answer, but (laughs) your answer for others. (laughs) I mean, if, if I could sum it up, I mean, and we took the whole process of the 11 chapters to really get people there. But I think what the book teaches is that money isn't just math. Money isn't just the adding of dollars and cents. So much more than that goes into our financial experience, our worth, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world what we believe is possible for us or someone like us. Like we're so stuck and trapped and in paradigms and dynamics that are just really messy and dysfunctional and don't always serve us. And I think one thing the the book teaches is yeah, like me, born in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, lower middle class family. Like the book teaches that like, yes, these dynamics are true and real to your life. Like I was stuck in a system of like, how do I get out of lower middle-class world? And we are very, very powerful. We are very, very, each, each of us are very, very, very powerful. We can redefine our lives. We can rearrange things. We can reorganize things. We can um, begin to normalize and get comfortable with new things and allow different things in and create different experiences and change our standards and worth and mindset and form, um, thoughts and beliefs and feelings and energies that support us in giving, getting everything we want. So how do we get rich as fuck is for me, a process. How do you have more money than you have to do with? Well, first you have to get really comfortable having barely enough. And then you got to get comfortable having a bit more than enough. And then you got to, it has to become, become safe to have a little extra, a little surplus. I mean, it was really a progression to where more than I know what to do with was something I could wrap my head around be comfortable with, know what to do with, trust myself with, and like run with in life. You know what I mean? And most of the people think that it has to be like a huge jump from nothing to huge income right away, but there's like a gradual process for that. So people miss that step. And of course there were results overnight, but I love how you explained it in your book as well, that you went through different income ranges and you actually got to the point where you wanted to be. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. It was definitely a gradual progression. And I am, I am at a point that I love, don't get me wrong, but I don't know that I'll ever be where I want to be. I think our potential is wildly limitless. I think the amount of money available on the planet is limitless. And I think I'm always going to be elevating and growing to allowing more and more in, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And how do you release attachments to launches, perfection, and struggle? Releasing attachment. Um, well, one, I think in the spiritual world, we have it like attachment is really, really bad. And we're going to be really, really like wrong if we get attached to something. And that hasn't been my experience. There's been plenty of goals and outcomes that I was determined to have like invested around and, and very attached to, I think there's many ways to be attached. There's attached. That's like, I'm worthless. If this doesn't happen, there is attached. Like 
the world's coming into an end. I'll never survive if I don't get this thing. But there's also attached, like, like I said, just dedicated and determined and having decided. So I think we're, I think we're allowed to be attached to things. I think the way I say it in one of my courses is, you know, I, I hold on loosely. I'm very clear on what I want. I'm clear and I'm focused and I'm confident and I'm sure. And I know that's what I get to have. I'm clear, but that doesn't mean I have like my worth and self-esteem all wrapped up in it. Does that make sense? Like we really get attached, like the attachment that doesn't feel good. We get that kind of attached when we think not achieving something, having something or receiving something means something about us or about the possibility for our future. But when you cannot, when you can let nothing mean anything, when nothing means anything, and everything is just um, reflections of your belief and reflections of your thoughts and your energy and your emotions. And we, and we don't get overly stuck on those things. Then we can play around. We can have a launch, do our best, see what comes through and shift things for the next time. You know what I mean? So, I agree. yeah. Yeah. What are your philosophies around money? Like there's so many, <laughs> there's a whole book of them. Um, just I believe few, like yeah. your favorite ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe money is limitless. I believe there's more than enough to go around. I believe it's circulating the planet all the time. And we are very capable of tapping into the energy of it and calling it in and receiving more and more of it into our lives. I think money has no mind of its own. It responds to us. I think there's plenty of dysfunctional and fucked up uh, paradigms with money operating on the planet right now. And I think we don't have to play by those roles. We can be good people who have money, who do good with money. You know, we can let money be the amplifier and expander of who we are, of the best parts of us. So I guess the bottom line here would be is that I don't allow myself to think things about money that don't support me in having money. Because if you have a lot of like doubt and negativity and duality in your mind, it'll, it'll be hard to like back yourself in moving toward your, your goals. You know what I mean? You'll be f- like fighting yourself and in conflict with yourself. Yeah, I agree. Especially like when you said you don't allow yourself to get to this and allow yourself to think, like have negative thoughts. That's like the perfect answer. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that conflict inside of you will deter you from getting what you want. And Mm -hmm. how do you get on the next level with your income? Like, how do you release fear of making big money? Because we previously we talked about going to the next level, gradually increasing your income. And how do you actually release that fear? And how do you get on the next level? Yeah, yeah. The fear of having more? Yes. With the fear of having more, you have to look at like, why is this unsafe to me? Like what in me doesn't really want this? What in me is afraid it'll mean something bad about me if I have this? Like a lot of people still think rich people are greedy and bad and wrong. Like that's still a belief system floating around. What in me thinks that like, you know, if I receive money, the tax man's going to take it all or I'll have to give it away to a needy family member. Like I think we have to look at why we think it's unsafe to have it, what bad things we think are going to happen to us if we get it and kind of start to, to work through all that. And when you can look at 
look at whatever your fears are and recognize that like, they're not the ultimate truth. Like, yeah, they're, they're a truth. They're a possibility. They're ideas that some people have really opted into and perpetuated and conducted themselves from, but they're like not the only norm. They're not the only idea. They're not the only possibility. So I think when we like, I didn't, when we stop looking at fears as these horrible things that could happen to us and look at fears more just like as like options and possibilities that we don't have to choose, then you can just kind of, I don't know, discredit and discount your fears. You can prove them wrong and you can kind of like move forward to what you want without all that, like fearful clutter in your mind and in your energy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you said, look at the fear as an option. That's just like incredible. Thank you. How do you make yourself to believe in unrealistic dreams? How did I learn to believe in unrealistic dreams? So I guess I just decided a long time ago that like the, the, the realistic thing or the logical thing, like that wasn't going to be like the dictator of my life because no one living a really incredible, powerful, expansive, awe-inspiring life is living a realistic life. You know what I mean? Like, so I just decided that like realistic wasn't like, I don't know, the motivator for me or the determiner, the thing I was going to, you know, make decisions around, like realistic was not the thing, you know? So I guess I decided that realistic wasn't, you know, the measuring device for me on whether I could have something and went for it anyway. And so over time I did a bit more and more things that should have been unrealistic. And then after a time I was able to, you know, call myself the unrealistic goal achiever, which is a term I coined and then ended up putting on mugs and t-shirts but I mean for some people it might be unrealistic but for you it's real so just like have to trust your gut yeah I think like our desires like our true heartfelt desires are a, a better like guidance system than the ideas of what is or isn't realistic yeah and we definitely can't base our life on our goals around I don't know, the, the, like other people's perceptions, what we should and shouldn't do because they're not created to live our lives, you know? So true. Does it have to be hard to make large sum of money? And some people think that they didn't suffer enough to actually have a large sum of money or to make large sum of money. It feels like for some people, it feels like they have to go through so much to deserve it maybe. But like, what do you think? Yeah, I think the whole paradigm around hard work is like, now that I've worked hard enough or suffered enough, I now, now I can have it. Now I'm worthy of it. So more than anything, you just, at that point, you allow it in. You drop your resistance. You drop your idea that you can't have it. And you allow, you're like, oh, I've worked hard enough. And you allow it in. But what you don't know is that it was like you're allowing and not the amount of effort that created the result. I agree. Absolutely. And why do you think some people are not able to make or handle a large sum of money what do you mean by not handle well they think it's way too much for them and they don't know what to do with it and they would rather not have it because it's a huge responsibility and it like scares them yeah and then they feel like they can't maintain it or whatever yeah yeah I deal with that kind of idea like I've mentored a lot of entrepreneurs over the years and many of them the thing is like they make more money than they've ever made before and there's this fear around like how do I keep this up well, there's multiple things. Sometimes it can be like, how do I trust myself with this? I like, I don't feel either worthy of it or responsible enough to have it, or how do I maintain it? It's like all these things. 
And I guess for me, like I normalized it. I can trust myself with money because as I made a bit more and a bit more and a bit more, I made decisions that felt good to me and worked for me. And that doesn't mean I did the traditional things with the money always like traditional finance teaching would have said, pay off your credit card debt first and your student loans second, and then enjoy your life and enjoy your money. And I really, I definitely was always paying on things and paying down things and, and getting more comfortable with saving more and more and getting more comfortable and my guess not more comfortable, less and less available for carrying debt. Like I was working on those things all the while, but I always spent and enjoyed my money. So, I mean, I guess the thing is like, I it's not that I look back and went like, oh, I did the right things. I am not responsible. I can look back and go like, I did the right thing for me. And that was good enough. And I can allow more in, you know, and now now all this time later, it's easy because I have properties and I have investment accounts. I have all these things that would make someone go like, oh, she really knows how to handle money. But that really wasn't possible at first. I had to like trust myself when the Chanel bag was, you know, prioritized over the like paying off the debt quicker or whatever. I had to trust myself with my desires and with what felt expansive and next level and like playing as the woman I wanted to be. I had to trust myself all the while. You know what I mean? So I think the answer is to trust yourself and not shame and doubt yourself. And, but also like think through everything. Me personally, I would never have not made a minimum payment on some kind of debt. Like me personally, I never would have, um, like my standards were like always paying more than the minimum. And like with my student loans, the government had me on a 30 year plan, but I had myself on a seven year plan. So I was paying a lot more than the minimum. It's just that many people would have said like, pay that off before you buy that property or before you dress well or before you donate to causes or whatever and that's just not what I did you know yeah I am not I don't agree with that like paying everything off and then actually no I believe everything is great in moderation I mean like you can still enjoy your life and still manage your finances in a way that it will not feel like you have to and you must and you know you're like kind of stuck in this yeah, like we say in my book, restriction can look like a lot like responsibility, but it's hard to create more abundance from when you're living and operating from the energy of restriction. Absolutely. And what courses do you offer? Oh, I have like 30 courses. I mean, um, I have courses on money, obviously. I have courses on business. I have courses on digital course creation, on soulful selling, on um, the one that I've been promoting recently is called turning shit into gold. It's about turning. It's about creating transformation in all the areas of your life, your love life, your family life. Um, obviously your business and your finances. I have, I have just really a lot of courses. <laughs> Sounds very exciting. And where can all listeners find you? Like your social handles, your Instagram. I am XO Amanda Francis on Instagram. I also am XO Amanda Francis on Facebook. You can, if you go to facebook.com slash XO Amanda Francis, you'll find me, or you can just type in Amanda Francis. My podcast is called And She Rises. I am XO Amanda Francis on Twitter. And Francis is spelled F R A N C E S. And my website is amandafrancis.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for being my guest. It was so lovely to be your guest.
Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.